in in a time especially now where it feels like you, people just want to rally around something and they just want to say like these people are bad fuck them the end that's the movie it it's just really interesting to see a movie that's being very like reflective about who am i in this world now and like how can i assess myself and my own contradictions yeah everybody trying to be a boss not me yeah i don't need no motherfucking employee yeah. Yeah. a one man rubber band stand rocking beast on a beat like a cop on a street but i'm not no johnny law hello everybody and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast this is review number 508 with our review of blind spotting I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, uh, we are talking about a little film called Blind Spotting. Um, I don't know about you, Stephen, but this film was not exactly on my radar. Not um, at all. No. Mo- most of the time, for listeners of the show, uh, we know pretty far in advance that we're going to be reviewing various films. Like yeah. we've at least heard of it. We've seen the trailer ad nauseum. Um, we're like getting ready, and we're like, "Oh shit, this movie's coming out!" And we're like, "We're gonna see this one this weekend. We'll do a review." We decided probably last night around eight o'clock or something. I couldn't even remember if it was last night or this morning that we <laughs> decided it. I well, technically, we decided it. <laughs> this morning that yeah. you would go see the film but last night you're like did you catch it like so Stephen was gone this weekend and you're like did you catch anything i was like i just got out of blind spotting <laughs> um and then i relayed uh a one sentence review <laughs> from a friend of ours mm-hmm. um shout out to julius and uh yeah we, it was like it was like i yeah i'll review this film uh, and then uh, you caught it tonight uh the morning after we decided to do the film review and now here we're here talking about it but this is a film that i had seen movie pass send an email about it i'd seen just the poster the title um and i saw the trailer before sorry to bother you and the trailer didn't really sell me on it necessarily uh julie's recommendation did uh went and saw it but yeah it's it's a film that sort of just kind of appeared suddenly mm-hmm. and it was here and it was like oh shit <laughs> yeah i don't know if it made it to the festival circuit and i just didn't hear about it like these other movies like sorry to bother you i i'd heard buzz leading up to it like it had premiered at such and such place and gotten rave reviews but this if it got that it somehow w- was overshadowed by other movies i don't i don't remember hearing a lot about this earlier in the year yeah i believe the poster for it says yeah, the poster for it says uh, official selection Sundance, official selection South by Southwest. Hmm. Um, so it did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I hadn't really heard anything about it um, until sort of MoviePass sent that little blurb. Um, I had saw the poster and then I saw the trailer. Um, and, and like I had zero information about it, just saw the play, the, the poster, made some assumptions based on the title blind spotting and like sort of the zaniness of what that that trailer kind of implied about it. And I just I I'd kind of just written it off as like a, a like a the name blind spotting relating to like train spotting. Like I, I had this weird association association in my head and because that trailer opens with them like smoking pot in a car, I was just like, Oh, okay, this is just gonna be like another weird zany drug movie that I don't care about. Um See my association was with the blind side, the Sandra Bullock movie, and I was like, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> this is this is gonna be some cheesy ass uh, I don't know. But it, it like I didn't know anything about it. Just the name kept making me remember that like Sandra Bullock one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we both <laughs> had weird assumptions with the title of the film. Um, but 
lucky for us, potentially, uh, we sat down and we watched this film, and now we're here to review it. So uh, what do you say we do that, Stephen? All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Blind Spotting, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. What is this? Oh, Oh, hey, hey, I I would like to get out. Look at this. I'm better one in the glove, though. Yeah. I I ain't trying to go back to jail. $200. Not Colin's gun. Very nice. Oh, I just got an Uber pickup. (laughs) You got it. Is this an Uber? Hell yeah. Tell him, slow down. No, you can't catch me. I'm on too fast on the gas. Don't chase me. Put him up like this, you guys. I'm a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. Do me a favor. I got three days left on this probation. When you got that gun on you, just don't tell me about it. Plausible deniability. Oh, do you mean this gun? Get out. <laughs> Good night, Colin. No. Bro. Stop. Stop! Don't shoot! Don't shoot! You are a convicted felon, Mr. Hoskins. You are now that until proven otherwise. How? Prove otherwise at all times. Not enough. Stop! Don't shoot! Don't shoot! <laughs> are you with me now? You know, you don't have to act ghetto to hang out here. Can you hear me now? You need to get rid of Miles. Miles, this is my best friend. He's gonna put you back in jail or he's gonna get you killed. Don't make me write you up for your last week. The judge will extend your time here a year. That is the life we live in and it's been since the beginning and you know we stuck in that soil loyal. Don't be who you is! Time you come around, you monsters got me feeling like a monster in my own town. I ain't no killer. All right, so the film Blind Spotting is uh, is about two friends uh, that grew up in Oakland, and one of them has just spent some time in jail. Um, he has been out for a while, but he has a probation period where he can't have any other incursions with the law or anything bad happen or be out past 11 p.m. or whatever exactly the curfew uh, law he has is. And essentially, he's really close to the end of that probation being over, and uh, he is witness to an incident where a white police officer shoots an unarmed black man and kills him, and this is sort of about him sort of dealing with having witnessed that, plus just trying to stay out of trouble and not get involved in anything as he has three more days left on his probation so that he can be just done and get past the incident that put him in jail. Um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of this film? Um, So I'm sure I will not be the first person to like draw some tenuous connection to Hamilton here just because David Diggs was in Hamilton. Um, but like Hamilton, for the first few minutes, I had trouble like getting into the rhythm of this movie. And I kind of thought like, ooh, I don't, I, I don't know what genre they're going for here. Like, are they going for comedy? Are they going for drama? What, what should I expect from this? But as the movie picked up, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes in, something just clicked and I got super on board for this movie. Um, I really, really, really like it. I think 
you know, it, it's fitting. The movie is all about uh, blind spotting, and that comes from a slang they use for that. Uh, the black face with the white faces on either side, or is it a white face with black faces on either side? I, I don't remember. I don't remember how the illusion goes, but the, the optical illusion, where depending yeah, on where yeah. you look, you snap to either seeing a vase or seeing a face. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this movie is kind of like that with tone, where like depending on where you choose to look at any given moment, it'll like jump to comedy, and it's like funny and it's silly, and there's a laugh out loud moments mainly between uh miles and uh colin the the two main characters they have a lot of like funny banter and they have friends who come in for one scene who are more like just comic relief um and then all of a sudden it'll jump and you'll choose to focus on what is actually happening around them the the shooting incident is the first example definitely but there are a bunch in the movie where it just it, it decides to kind of lull you into comedy and then leap into drama and then right when you feel like it's going to be very dramatic it pulls back and they're still living life and they're still talking and joking the way they normally would. And I think that there's just something really interesting about that vibe that the movie manages to do where it, it, it threads the needle between both feelings at the same time. And I think it, it just manages to convey like the, it's supposed to be about like the paradoxes of living uh, in Oakland in particular. Right. And, and it's got a bunch of paradoxes. It's like, should, Colin live life as a quote healthy reformed dude if that also means he's a hipster and he is like saying no to who he is and he's like sacrificing his identity to just you know play ball and not get into trouble or should he feed into you know his friendships and his past which also have all these other things that can cause problems um or about like the city as a whole how it's on the one hand you have old school Oakland, you have like the original, the people who lived there, the locals, and then you also have the hipsters coming in. But the hipsters are like moving away the old and bringing in the new and it has terrible effects, but it also means you get green juice and you get like, <laughs> quote, the good food in the neighborhood now, as his mom says. And I think it it, it just does a good job of like, it, it's very on the nose in the sense that like, it's clear what its messages are and it, it is way more about feeling something directly than like, sorry to bother you, which is much more about poking you with a bunch of ideas and staying a little um, detached from them. Uh, but it never feels like preachy. Like it feels like it's a movie that just wants to conjure up these different contradictions and say like, you feel this, right? Like how, how would you feel in this situation? Um, I really, really, really like David Diggs in the movie, uh, the main character. I think he just has a, He's an easy character to relate to, and he brings out both sides of that. Like, you can see him as the person who would never do anything wrong, and, like, you even wonder for most of the movie, how could this guy get arrested? Like, what on earth could he have done to cause that? Yeah. But then he also channels in, like, some really powerful scenes later in the movie the anger that you would feel growing up in that world and feeling powerless to change it. And I think he's just really good at that, uh, that genre flipping. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought this was a damn good movie. Um, uh, as I said before, I, I I wasn't sure what to expect going in. I just, you know, based based on the head the the, the head place I was in when I watched the first trailer and just the title alone, I just assumed what it was gonna be, and I was like, holy, holy, uh, wrong in a really awesome, surprising way. Um, I think that um, the film is doing some really interesting things. Um, you, know, you kind of 
brought up, brought up sorry to bother you and sorry to bother you the way it deals with the issues that it's talking about is sort of to satirize them and to turn them into something else and make it uh, extreme and out there and sci-fi and it, it's sort of doing it's 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 making it absurd to do it and this film is 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 sort of showing it in a heightened in a heightened way yeah but not um, like hyperbole it, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like heightened yeah. it's 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 a more extreme way but it's also not an aggressive like it, it's dealing with gentrification but it's not doing it in this aggressive we have to take this out and stop it thing it's like it's more like an an annoyance like mm-hmm. like god damn it they're changing everything and it, it's just like a it's they use humor to talk about how the changes are happening mm-hmm. and you see the characters kind of go through that um but i think that I think this film works so well as this really, really, really compelling drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the film, we get this moment where where a character explains to us um, where the title of the film comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think that, like, it's one of those things where the title works for every character and then, like, backward and forward for different characters. It's like, yeah. it's... You, it, it's about one thing, but it's also about the relationship between those two characters. It's about the relationships of the friends. It's about like both the white and the black characters and yeah. how like they're both existing within one society, but they're both being blind spotted. If yeah. I can yeah, use exactly. the term that they, way, they both appear a certain way and feel differently, and they feel like they need to either counteract the appearance or live up to the appearance. And the and, and that that was an interesting thing is that they they had a white character going through this too, and this is yeah. a- authentic. Like. Uh, uh, Raphael Casal was a childhood friend of David, and like they grew up in this area together, and that yeah. that was particularly intriguing because I I've never seen that portrayed side by side in that way. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's really interesting to see them in arguments, uh, putting their friendship on the line to communicate this thing that they've sort of had unspoken with each other for a long time, but not being able to like say directly out to each other because. It, it's just a weird conversation to have with each other um, and seeing them go through like there were moments in this film that like made me tear up like a, a few moments. Um, it's like it's it's a good drama that's dealing with heavy issues, but doing it in like a really, really compelling way and just the way it uh, juxtaposes the different characters and how they're all dealing with the situation. Um, yeah, I, I just thought it was um, extremely powerful in a lot of different moments. And I think the performances across the board are super great. And there's a lot to kind of dive in. And unpack what's happening. Uh, one of the things that I love too is this. This may be a, a, a weird happenstance for my viewing thing, but like there are so many moments in this film where I understand the tropes of films and what they're going to do, and the film sort of subverts it. Mm-hmm. But I spend that next scene in this tension where it's like I know what the next scene is going to be, and then it's not that, mm-hmm. and it's like. The film didn't do the thing that I expected it to, but I emotionally was in the state as if that scene was going to happen, which is exactly the way uh, Colin goes through every day of his yeah. life. And it's like, I don't know that that's not intentional or if it's just my experience. No, no, I think the film. that's absolutely intentional. Okay. I yeah. think the um, the the probation conceit, like the, the premise of being on probation where at any moment something could go wrong and ruin his life, right? Yeah, could, yeah, could yeah. Throw him back in there. That that gives you this feeling that you see all possible futures playing out. And even when they don't, you feel the, yeah. a, like just a hint of the trauma of as if they had. And that, yeah, yeah. that definitely builds the most toward the end where there are some like really specific moments where it just like builds dread about what is going to happen. But I felt the same in every scene, even with the comedy, you feel that undercurrent of, 
real life that could like seep in and ruin everything. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like this this impending dread, and I feel like it's just it's so interesting to like feel the character's headspace, but for, in a different context. Like as the movie goer, you feel that headspace, mm-hmm. and then for him, it's it's life and death. For you, it's like oh shit, I don't want this to happen to a character. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool um, synergy between like what the character is feeling and what you're feeling as a film goer in those moments that I thought was like, it, it allowed me to feel what he was feeling in like an extra way that you wouldn't get just with like seeing him go through the scene, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. Um, I think, uh, you know, like there's a connection to, to Hamilton and like this film is filled with like these two characters rapping back and forth and kind of like talking about whatever they're doing as they rap about it and kind of just coming up with this stuff. And I think that, um, because it's sprinkled throughout and it's used for really, really fun parts in the middle and it's used as the intro to those two guys and what they kind of do when they're in between working and just hanging out and doing mm-hmm. nothing. Um, the way it's used towards the end, I thought was like, uh, just perfect kind of like way to take a situation that was, um, high tension and sort of channel the emotion the character is going through into this like way that he expresses himself on a daily basis. Like I I thought that was an extremely powerful thing. Um, but it's also just kind of a good metaphor for like rap in general and how it's like, it's, it's channeling an anger and it's using it to, it's like, it isn't aggression. It's like a channel of aggressive feelings to create something. And I think that that moment in particular, even though it is, it's very heightened, it never feels like surreal to me either. It feels very real because the emotions that are yeah. coming out are exactly the emotions of that scene. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that's for the other character in that scene, <laughs> without getting into spoilers, um, I think if it was happening that way, it would be twice as terrifying mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's it doesn't feel real. Yeah. for that person <laughs> or I assume it would feel very out of place like there'd be like a like a weird buffer overflow in your head of not knowing that, like what right, is happening you have no idea what the right move is yeah yeah um but yeah but I, I, I thought I thought yeah I think this film builds an incredible way too uh, if I can give, give it some more credit is that uh you know like we we don't see an inciting incident that gets him locked up and then cut to him being released this is a film where it's like we just cut to him being released and it's like 30 minutes before anybody mentions what happened and they recount that story in kind of a humorous way Mm -hmm. to kind of put you through it. But while the humorous way it's being told is happening, it's an extremely emotional and, uh, uh, dramatic moment between two characters occurring at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it just, just the way it plays that as well. But I think that like this film does a great job of divvying out little bits of information Mm to catch you up on what's happening um, while building your knowledge of who these characters are as people. And uh, yeah, I think that it's just, it's, it's uh, yeah, it just has that expert trickle out of just enough information to let you continue chugging along in the story while knowing enough back context to, to kind of re look at how these characters are interacting in every scene. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I think, um, like rap is an important aspect of this movie. I don't think it's a coincidence that this and Sorry to Bother You were both made by Oakland rappers. Um, they both, like in addition to using rap, this scene, I, this movie, I think its rap scene is more uh, directly dramatic 
than the also very very tense rap scene that happens in Sorry to Bother You. <laughs> but there's also just in the in the way they're made in the editing, they both share some similarities of that of that fluidity. Uh, like the transitions in this movie, uh, Colin has these moments where he'll go to bed and then wake up, and it's kind of like a non sequitur jumping to the next scene as if it were immediately happening. Just like Sorry to Bother You did when uh, Lakeith Stanfield will sit down at the desk and then all of a sudden he's somewhere else at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think. There's just something about, like, both films are trying to communicate what does life in the daily grind feel like in this place. And it's just really interesting to watch people use film as a way to do that with, like, the same kind of techniques that they would have used with uh, music in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think, like... There is a lot of comedy in this movie, but it's that undercurrent of dread is what makes it so hard to pinpoint because this... It is a drama, and it never it never goes to either extreme so much. Like it is never just silly, wacky comedy. Yeah. But there are extended. There are probably like five to ten minute bits of this movie where it is just friends goofing off, just funny things happening. Uh, their their friend that drives picks them up in the beginning of the movie in the kind <laughs> of like big <laughs> raised car with the you know, lights and everything, the, yeah. the fancy Uber, uh, that definitely primed me for, oh, this is going to be like a, a silly comedy. That is what yeah, I'm going to watch. Because I that, didn't see the trailer, so I had no idea. What, I imagine the trailer plays it the other way, right? The no, trailer no, that, goes that, drama. That, that scene opens the trailer. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a lot of like, it's, the, the, the trailer focuses on the fact that there is drama, but it's also a lot of the flashes from, for instance, the, the moment in the middle with like the dream sequence, mm-hmm. that, that plays heavily in the trailer. Um, the actual inciting incident itself plays there, but it opens with this like prolonged scene of them buying the gun in 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 the the guy's car. Yeah. Um. And I, I think that like that's why it threw me off originally. It was like we, opening with that, and you're like, what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I do think though this movie. I mean, it, it it isn't wrong to say this movie is largely about like race. That's definitely a big theme that it's addressing, especially with the the premise of uh, the main character getting off uh, on probation <laughs> and then witnessing the the officer shooting the unarmed man. It, um, that is definitely like a big theme of the movie, but I think the movie is wrestling with a lot more than that. It's like, l- like all these different relationships it's dealing with are so interesting. Like the relationship between Val and the lead character, yeah. the, the way that she sees him and the way that prison changed that relationship and how... She, she isn't a hundred percent right, but she's not wrong either. Like this movie just does a really good job of presenting different strained relationships and not making you pick a side, right? Like de- depending on where in the movie I am, I either feel fuck Miles, good riddance to him, or no, you can't get rid of Miles; he's your yeah. best friend. And it it just really does a good job of portraying that, like. I don't know. Relationships are complicated, and people are really complicated, and I think. Yeah. In in a time, especially now, where it feels like you, people just want to rally around something and they just want to say, like, these are bad, these people are bad, fuck them, the end, that's the movie. It, it's just really interesting to see a movie that's being very, like, reflective about who am I, who am I in this world now and, like, how can I assess myself and my own contradictions? I, I, I just thought that that bumped this above sorry to bother you for me because it, w- it was more directly tackling emotions that I feel like it opens itself up to heart. So it's easier for the audience to relate to the heart without 
feeling like it's being clever at us. And I, I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. So I think like I, I, I didn't, when you talked about it bouncing between drama and comedy, I didn't, I didn't disagree, um, in that moment but i guess for me the comedy moments aren't comedy moments they're genuine like they ground those characters as real people um Mm -hmm. because they feel like those are moments where the comedy is just there to show that relationship and and show their bond together and and show the charm they have with the other people in the community like in 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 the scene where he's trying to sell all the hair the hair straighteners yeah um uh yeah i i think that there's a lot of funny moments but it never feels like maybe because by then I'm I'm already 100% in on the drama of the story <laughs> so it's kind of like any funny bits are just just feel like more grounding of the characters as opposed to being like oh remember this is funny guys ha 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 sure um, sure maybe the, maybe comedy isn't the right word either it's like the, the one half is extremely dramatic right yeah. like you you just feel that the the soundtrack will totally change and the movie will slow down and the tension is extremely real and the things being depicted on screen are terrifying and then it kind of it's almost like it it just flips a switch and the world brightens again and it becomes the normal world that he's living in and that there's kind of this ping-ponging between his thought life which is really uh, like heavy and terrifying and the everyday life that he's going through, which for the most part hasn't changed since he left for prison. Like it, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's definitely ping ponging between something and maybe it isn't comedy. It's not like there weren't laugh out loud moments really in this movie, but there's a, there's a lightheartedness and a feeling of just going about everyday life that's contrasted with these things that make you think, how could I go about everyday life knowing all the things that I know? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Also, def- definitely cool to see another uh, movie filmed on location in Oakland. This it yeah. was easier for me to recognize a lot of the places because it like shows the Fox Theater like eight million times yeah, in, the, yeah, yeah. in the opening. Um, but also the Mountain View Cemetery, recognize that one, and a bunch of the streets and corners. Like it, it it's just it, it it's cool. Like I would never. I am not a hipster with one of those like kill a hipster save your neighborhood tight blue t-shirts <laughs> on um i don't claim to be an oaklandite or like know the area that well but it, it's still like you know it's like our neighbor it's like our next door neighbor and it feels <laughs> it feels cool to see that i don't i, I get a joy out of it i like it yeah i know it, it, it is it it definitely adds a little extra thing to the film mm-hmm. um and I'm, I'm glad all the hipsters are way worse than we could possibly be <laughs> You really should get that neck tattoo removed, though. <laughs> that that gag is hilarious, though I find it unrealistic because I wouldn't, I can't believe that Miles would just get like an off off the wall uh, tattoo that was like pre made that somebody else would go like, oh yeah, I'll take this one, right? Um, but I still love that moment. But maybe the guy saw him before and he was like, "Give me one of those." <laughs> yeah, give me the thing that guy's got. Uh, he helped him move into that house. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, do you have any uh, last thoughts to talk about this film? I I don't think so. Um, other than to just say, I think all the performances in the movie are really great. I think the for a debut in particular, this it's quite impressive. Like it really manages. It, it's still obviously low budge, but it it 
wears it very well. Like I think it ha- it has a nice sheen and it feels like it knew exactly what tone it wanted to set and it just executes that really really well. So yeah, yeah I, I was impressed. Uh, as was I. Um, so to let people know how impressed we were by it, uh, how about we get into our verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'm going to give this one a must-see. I think, again, it's just a notch above Sorry to Bother You, if, which I'm sorry to compare the two, but <laughs> Oakland rapper made that movies film. that came out two weeks in a row. <laughs> um, this one... I think its ambitions are a little more down to earth, uh, which is perfectly my speed. It's definitely more about feeling and communicating kind of emotions. And I think it's more direct in that. It's a little more on the nose. Like I can imagine someone might prefer a movie that's a little bit more abstract or clever or holding things to the vest, but I'm a sucker for raw emotion. And I think this movie really, really delivers on that. So yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a must-see as well. Um, I think that uh, this film is wrapped in the package of being a simple, straightforward film, but I think it's actually, like, there are a lot of complexity in the film just going with, like, the title alone. Like, who does the title apply to? A lot of different people. (laughs) And I think that if you just, like, sit there in those moments and, like, look at what the film is trying to do and which characters are the ones that are going through what and how they're seeing this whole situation and, like, who's blind spotting who, like, it it just, it, it, it sort of, it's just such a neat contained package of what it's trying to do and kind of like showing that everybody is going through something and like everybody has these blind spots that they can't avoid and even when you were the one that thinks you're on the side of like the one that's pointing out what's wrong with other people and what their blind spots are you realize that like you have the same thing and it's it's, uh it's just doing it's doing some interesting things there that on a surface level you might not notice and then like when you actually like sit back and think about it you're like you know what that's freaking cool yeah (laughs) um so yeah it's a must-see from me as well so now you're gonna hate me but i feel like i just have to mention thematically i think this would actually pair very well with the party just beginning (laughs) (laughs) pictures of people kind of examining their place in the world and juxtaposing the fun in the normal everyday life with the very dramatic and they're both one degree removed from train spotting so chew on that for a little while <laughs> um i'll chew on that like a box of fries that i got after shagging some random person in the <laughs> which i hope you specified a, a meat burger not a vegan burger at that fry place oh yeah uh, that was pretty good that was a pretty good joke um also quick way is not a real thing right <laughs> i don't i don't think so but maybe that's just outing me as a person who doesn't go to oakland very often it seemed like they were making fun of umami burger right like they were talking about dipping in the umami ketchup and they're they're shitting on that at the beginning of the movie gotcha yeah. um uh but yeah so, so i think that is going to about do it uh for this episode of the spoiler warning podcast Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If, if you'd like to get a hold of us directly, you can email us at fans at thespoilerwarning.com or leave a comment on the form on our site. <laughs> Stephen jumped in because it took me like 30 
13 tries to say that line. Celebrity shot. And I still didn't fail it. Or I did fail it. I still didn't get it. Um, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Blind Spotting. <laughs> so hopefully you're enjoying that. Probably David Diggs' uh, rap group. Seems like it'd be appropriate. Cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, that is our review. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back next week with a review of something maybe? Mission Impossible Fallout oh, yeah, that's baby right. that's right it will be I don't know what the line is I- I'm gone all weekend but I'm gonna find a way to catch it or we'll do what is now becoming a tradition of me going to the theater on Monday coming back <laughs> you're still in the office at 9.30 and then we just immediately record I was trying not to do that too much <laughs> um, but yeah so we'll be back in the feeds Mission Impossible Fallout we'll see you then if you choose to accept it. Easy cut, 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 easy cut